0: From
1: runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the Internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 770, The Hafnium Exchange Exploits, with guest Tony Redmond. Recorded Monday, March 15th, 2021. Run As Radio is produced each week by Sound Thoughts LLC. For more information, visit SoundThoughtsLLC.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio.
2: Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell. Thanks for listening to Run As Radio. I uh, bring it back my friend Tony Redman today, who works as the principal of his own consulting company, Tony Redman and Associates, helping companies to figure out technology strategy or accomplish specific goals. And apart from his experience gained in 27 years at digital, compact, and HP, he is still a practicing technologist and writes the forever book, the Office 365 book that never, ever ends.
0: That never ends, (laughs) that keeps on going every day and every way it gets better, I think.
2: Well, yeah, I, I look to you as one of the models of how modern technology communication has to be. At this rate of change, like looking at how your team has done that Office 365 book, I find it astonishing. Like, congratulations, sir. Thank you. You kind of invented a new thing there. And uh, I don't envy you. A lot of work.
0: I'm not sure we, we would claim that we've invented something, I think, because there have been previous examples where uh, publishing companies have tried to bring... Updates to technical topics, and let's face it, technology has always changed. It's it's been changing since the mainframe. Sure, it's just happening at a real accelerated rate right now. Uh, so we just took that idea and and ramped it up a little. It's just like anybody else, you know. You learn from what's gone before, and you try to do it better. And that's what yeah. we're trying to do. And somebody will come along and do it even better.
2: You're you're, you're totally right. We all stand on the shoulders of giants, ultimately. Yes. I reached out to you when this hafnium thing went down, yep. just because you've been in exchange from the very beginning yep. for better or worse. And we've talked about it in an epic story arc here on, on run as radio too. So mm-hmm. tell me how you were made aware of it. Cause I don't imagine you have any on-prem exchange servers in your life these days.
0: No, I, I moved away from on-prem exchange um, around after I finished the exchange 2013 inside out book for Microsoft press. Right. Uh, and then Really looking around at what was happening in the world, I decided that uh, the cloud was getting uh, more interesting, and I decided that I would go that way. And I, I really haven't haven't spent an awful lot of time working with Exchange on-prem servers since around the 2013 release. Uh, so we first heard about it when uh, when Microsoft uh, sent out notices on Mars 2, 2 to say, you know what, we got a problem here.
2: Right. So you you pay attention to the CVE stream, like
0: no 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 no. The exchange product group reached out to MPs and and other oh, okay. contacts. So we got a problem, and it was the start of their communications about it. Um, and we, we can talk about that. I I don't think they did communications particularly well in this uh, in this uh, case, but they re- they reached out March March two it was very very. Evident very quickly that this was an issue. It was a big issue.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: you know, when you have four uh, zero-day exploits coming along together, right? That's a huge attack surface for people to go after. Um, so after that, it just has just been a matter of riding this particular dragon, and it's been. Quite a ride, I think.
2: So, should we talk through the scope of the exploit? I mean, I, might, I would hope that most people listening to this are already aware of it, but it's good to just sort of let's put a, a topper on this. It's, o, it's OWA that's vulnerable.
0: It's basically any any exchange on premises server that is exposed to the internet.
2: Right. So not just four four three and the
0: classic. No, no, no. It, it's if you're exposed to the internet, you better make sure that you've got uh, you've got your security done right. The biggest and most obvious way that Exchange is, is exposed to the internet is with uh, OWA. Right. Outlook Web App. Because it's the way people use browsers to get to their email. And, 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 and uh, you know, there's a virtual directory there. There's all sorts of ways in and out or whatever. And um, unfortunately, what we have discovered in this particular exploit is that there's an awful lot of Exchange servers that are not well looked after.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot of, uh, the, my gosh, the number of people that have contacted me and say, listen, I haven't patched my Exchange server in three years. What do I do? Start patching. You know, it, it, uh, people who installed Exchange 2016 after it came out and said, oh, there seems to have been uh, an array of cumulative updates I may just have missed. Yeah. What do I do now? And um, to be fair to Microsoft, let's roll back a little bit. To be fair to Microsoft, I think they made a very intelligent decision up front by saying they were going to patch Exchange 2010, even though it's long gone out yeah. of sport. That was good because it meant that they picked up a lot of servers that are just hanging around, the, 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 the lingering debris of Exchange, you might say.
2: Yeah, I think about all the old small business servers, yeah. right? Because they go back that far.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and one of the things that we're learning about this whole exploit is that there are a lot of these servers out there. Mm -hmm. Today, March 15, ZDNet uh, reported 82,000 unpatched Exchange servers that are vulnerable out there. Uh, ZDNet doesn't get out there and count all these servers. You have people like security researchers going and scanning the web to see can they find these unpatched vulnerable servers. And and you can debate the figures, but one thing I say: I've seen similar reports from Bloomberg, from Wired.com. I've seen various uh, security researchers report this, and the numbers vary from 30,000 to 100,000, whatever. Stripping that all the way, just say there are a lot of unprotected servers out there, and there still are.
2: But that also means this vulnerability, this vulnerability has been out there for a decade it's like nothing's changed
0: uh yes you can yes you can definitely make that case yeah you can definitely make that case yeah it's part of exchanges architecture and unless you 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 really manage the server really well from a security perspective this was going to break through what's what's unfortunate is a couple of things i mean the first thing is of course that the four exploits um came together right you know that that's a bit of a Bit of a tidal wave right there of bad things happening altogether, which is not, never good. And then the next thing that seems to have happened, Microsoft, uh, uh, according to all the reports, we're told about this in late January. Uh, and it seems that they have this program called, uh, was it the Microsoft Active Participation Program, MAP, right? MAPP, which involves a whole pile of security researchers, and security firms, antivirus, anti-malware, those type of guys. Microsoft the team sent out a proof of concept to these guys around um, February the 23rd. And there's a lot of suspicions going on now that uh, I've heard this from several folks that uh, maybe this is where the attackers who knew what was going on, right? they knew they had these exploits, they suddenly got the, uh, if you say, ready steady go signal to, to ramp things up. And all of a sudden, you saw this uh, increase in activity, which then led to Microsoft rushing through to the patches, getting stuff going out of March the second, and when we've been in this race ever since. But it, it seems that w- the you end up with a whole pile of servers which has got which have got these China chopper web shells right uh, left behind on the server as a way for attackers to come back later on. Well,
2: and, and, and Aaron lies the real issue. These exploits literally lead to straight up uh, run anything you want on the server kind of thing. This is not yes. uh, I get yeah. to send mail or any proxy tricks or anything like this. You fully exploit the machine.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing you've always got to remember about Exchange is Exchange is an extremely privileged program. Right. It has full control over your server. Yeah. And it has full control over Active Directory. It has full control over your network. You know, if an attacker gets in and gets permissions, they're going to have a fine old time. And 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 just on on this whole thing about the China Chopper, I if if people want to find out about this, take the time to go to YouTube and search for a guy called John Hammond H mm-hmm. A M M O N D. he's a cyber uh, security researcher. He made this absolutely fascinating video where he takes, he decomposes the attack, takes the payloads, interprets them, shows what's happening. And it it takes an hour and a half, but it is an education in itself about
2: how- You will learn this is how the bad actors act.
0: This is how they do it. And this is how they do it with a very simple ASPX file left on your server. Right, it's it's absolutely phenomenal.
2: So, from my perspective, then, and it seems to be the consensus: if you've been exploited to any degree, this machine needs to be wiped. Like there's no, it seems yeah. to be no clear remediation for it.
0: Yeah, Microsoft has put out a couple of tools to help people uh, detect bad stuff on servers, and, right. and the first protocol is to go and run those tools. But if you find any sort of evidence of compromise, Any sort of, Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, the very safest thing is to immediately take that server offline, reduce it to bare metal and rebuild it.
2: Right. And that this is kind of a worst case scenario here then. There's no cleanup. There's literally start over. And I mean, realistically, because of that level of privilege, if they've gotten into that machine, you don't know what other machines they've reached.
0: Well, this is the problem. I I will say that I think there are some extremely talented and gifted people out there who have successfully managed to clean up servers. Right. However, against that, I think there are a lot of people who are struggling to figure out how to apply simple patches to Exchange. Right. Let alone being challenged with, a, well, now you've applied the patch and everything's everything's good. How do you track down what the bad guys have done? Because the bad guys know a lot more about this stuff than you do. And that's the problem. And, and there seems to be multiple bad
2: actors now too.
0: So like there. Yes, there are some. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's out there. But the thing is, is that, I mean, last week we had the thing where a proof of concept was released. Right. I mean, once you, once you got a proof of concept out there, you get all the kitty hackers out yeah. to see what can be done. So you've got a, a variety, a spectrum of people ranging from the nation state aggressors right through to those some guy in his back room and nowhere, nowhere Yeah. trying to find a vulnerable exchange server. And there's lots of, lots of targets as we've already said.
2: Well, and, and they're, and they're the most neglected servers, right? Like yeah. I would think the people they who are, are most engaged in operating mail infrastructures have largely moved to the cloud already.
0: Uh, some, yeah, some, I think that's fair. I think, uh, I think there's been so much pressure on people. Mm-hmm in terms of reframing their careers, by saying, you know, on-prem is dead. Uh, Microsoft have not helped here. Microsoft has said that they're not doing uh, new features, that they're moving to a subscription model for exchange anyway. Right. That Basically, you're working on technology, which is a dead. And that's the message that comes through. I've heard this time after Mm -hmm. time. So if you're uh, somebody who wants to develop a career, and you have a choice of, Go to the cloud where you can do all this whiz bang wallop stuff, you know, work in Azure or work in work in Microsoft 365, work with security, whatever. Or stay focused on this on prem stuff. Right. But a lot of people just made that decision. Now I'm not saying it's the right decision.
2: So they've created they've sort of painted this off us or them scenario, and some folks are going, okay, we're them. We're fine. We're not going to the cloud. We'll stay fully on prem.
0: Right. Right. And you end up then with, and again, this is a thing that has become very evident based on the questions we've seen coming in based on talking to people. You've got folks who have exchange as part of their responsibilities, but they have no relationship with exchange. They exchange. haven't grown up with exchange. So their, their lack of familiarity is actually, is actually very distressing in a way mm-hmm. when they're suddenly put under pressure. Yeah. And This is hu- There's huge pressure on people here. We've got an attack going on and all of a sudden you're the guy. Yeah. Go and fix these servers. And that brings me back to a point of if there's any sort of compromise going on, don't take any risk. Take the server offline. Reduce it to bare metal. Rebuild. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. The only way you're going to know for sure. And by the way, in the process, you will learn a lot about exchange.
0: Probably too much that are far too, uh, far too much for your own mental health. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you will. You absolutely will. And it's distressing in another way that you, there's, there's so much extra work being caused here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not like you didn't have other things to do when this came down either. And we're recording this two weeks after the exploits was announced and uh, arguably going on. So, yeah. you know, odds are if you've got an exposed server, it's been touched by now.
0: Oh, I'm sure there's been a little uh, probe yeah. inserted in your server. And this is not one. This is not a prostate exam that you want. Yeah,
2: this is not a happy one.
0: No, it's not happy. And,
2: and Tony, on that fine note, I have to interrupt for one moment for this very important message. You've got Microsoft Teams, but not a lot of ways of managing it. Don't panic. You've got Policy Pack. Policypack can instantly enable you to manage the key Microsoft Teams settings that's driving you and your users bonkers. Manage Teams settings like auto-start application and open in background, on-close keep the application running, and register Teams as a chat app, and more. Want to see it in action? That's a no-brainer. Come to policypack.com Teams for a super quick demo. That's policypack.com Teams. But don't stop there. Use PolicyPack to manage and secure the files that users transmit within Teams with PolicyPack Secure Run. Don't let one bad file mean you have to figure out how to pay millions in ransomware. Use PolicyPack Secure Run to stop ransomware that can spread through Teams files. Just like that. Learn more about all these solutions at policypack.com. PolicyPack. Securing your standards. And we're back. It's run as radio. I'm Richard Campbell. That's my friend, Tony Redmond over in Ireland, uh, talking about, I mean, one of the most significant exploits I've ever seen in my career. Uh, the hybrid scenario is a really interesting one. I've talked to a few IT folks that have migrated to cloud, but they couldn't turn that last exchange server off. They were just things they needed. It was mostly around Active Directory.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the classic problem is that, uh, exchange has a bunch of email attributes that it needs to, to manage. Right. Uh, I mean, a fundamental one being your email address. Yeah. <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah. Kind of neat. So, that. uh, yeah. yeah that. So in the cloud, you've got Azure Active Directory, which is the directory of, of, uh, reference. Mm-hmm. But you've also got the exchange online directory store, the exchange directory. Right. Which is basically, you could think of it as a copy of Azure Active Directory, but for mail-enabled recipients. So it's got all the mail-enabled stuff, the bits that don't that Azure Active Directory doesn't want to deal with, right? Are in the Exchange ODS. And um, essentially, the hybrid server is a way of making sure that connectivity flows from the on-premises world into the uh, online world in terms of not only messaging but also things like pre busy lookup uh, and the maintenance of these uh, objects, which are actually owned by Active Directory but have some mail properties that need to be managed. Right. And the simplest way of doing this was to leave a hybrid server behind. Right. Now, that was in. 2015, 2014, 2015, wherever, whenever the first one came out. You know what? Microsoft has Microsoft has made a couple of mistakes along the road to mm-hmm. this, this 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 episode, and they've made a couple of mistakes in this episode. The biggest and most fundamental one that is now biting them in the bottom is the failure to follow through in all of the commitments that they have made over the years to customers. At a night and other conferences, when they said we're working on removing the last server. Right. Now I, I can't tell you how many, how many of these sessions I've been at, and these these sessions have been delivered by people who know their stuff, who are terribly committed to what they're doing, mm-hmm. who understand the impact on customers by having these last servers remain, but for whatever reason. Microsoft as a corporation, as an organization, has failed to deliver. And that's distressing. Right. I don't understand why, but they have failed.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's some ways you could also look at, like, there's a lot of folks who don't want to turn off that last server because it is kind of a fatalistic step. Once you've made that step, there's no way back. Like, they're going to be hesitant anyway.
0: Well, uh, let me say this. I don't believe I believe once you put mailboxes in the cloud, you're never going to take them out of the cloud. I totally agree. So, so, you know, putting a bullet in the brain of the last hybrid server is not the big step that people take. And 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 indeed, you know what? People are out there today running ADSI edit to do brain surgery on Active Directory to remove the last exchange server.
2: And it works. And that's but that's also what it
0: takes. That's what it takes. Yeah. It works. But you're not supported then. You're not in this configuration that that support it. And and performing brain surgery on the Active Directory is not well, I'm, I'm not a particularly <laughs> good thing to do. There yeah, you know, you know?
2: There can be serious consequences. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, Active Directory is not a partic hasn't got particularly good rollback facilities, no. and it has no rollback. Yeah, facility. not really. A, you make a mistake and.
2: Yeah, you have to work your way forward through that. Boy. and it, and then of course the other question is, when you got down to that last server, did you leave OWA on? I mean, I am hearing that yeah. folks that had that only accessed it through VPNs, they haven't been affected. But
0: well, yeah, but you see, they
2: left OWA on.
0: You see, there's other virtual directories there as well, like the ECP virtual right. directory for which is which is also a web based front end, except it's for management. Right, it's the Exchange Control Panel. So uh, OA is the poster child for this particular exploit, right? But it's not the only way into Exchange,
2: and it, and the ECP is just as vulnerable. The bottom line is that 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 was part of the attack surface. All the web stuff was had the attack surface on it.
0: Yeah. Any 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 virtual directory running in Exchange, anything running under uh, IIS which is exposed to the public internet, right, is a particular source source of concern. Yeah. That's 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 just the way it is. So Microsoft, I think you know, hindsight is wonderful. Sure, and uh, we all have the benefit. We're all gifted with an immense amount of hindsight. I know hindsight flows out of all my orifices at this point in time. (laughs) But the point is, is that I think Microsoft did drop the ball on this one, and 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 you have to call them out for it. Yeah. And and talking to talking to some of the folks in there, they'll admit it. I mean, they're never going to come out and say. Publicly that they 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 did it. They dropped the ball, but they'll admit it. And uh, anyway, th- it's water under the bridge now.
2: Yeah, but I do think there's going to be changes to Map. Like if they re- there's really evidence that th- the conversation with Map is what kicked off this exploit. You got to think that next time there's a critical vulnerability, they're not going to talk to Map until they've got it figured.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, any program that shares confidential information with a third party is a potential leak. We've known that since day one. I mean, you know, the whole idea of uh, once you share somebody with somebody, it's no longer a secret. Yes. Because it's going it's well, to come out.
2: And you and I have been MVPs for a long time, and we're often shared pretty private information. And and I, and I do believe the MVP program has done a good job of not being the source of leaks.
0: Yeah, because Microsoft told people to account on their MVP status is is. Removed very quickly. Very quickly. If there's a, if chooses, uh, a breach. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Firstly, the first thing to say is that it, while it's an allegation, it's not proven. Right. That the leak happened this way. The second thing is that even if somebody from MAPP said something to somebody, did did they necessarily talk to one of the bad actors? We don't right. know that either. So there's a whole pile of thing. I mean. I think Microsoft can improve things slightly there. But I, I the more distressing thing in this problem for me was that um, I thought Microsoft's communications were really bad. Yeah. I think it bore all the hallmarks of a rushed communications plan badly executed because they never came out with some clear statements apart from, you know, we've got these four zero day exploits and we're putting out patches. But then they left so many questions, uh, unanswered. Like, what do I do if I find compromise? You know, how, how do I go searching for compromise? All of this stuff emerged over the days. Right. But really it wasn't, it wasn't until, say, March 7th or 8th when we had a full and complete, uh, coverage, if you like, of all of the edges that, that needed to be uh, explored in this thing. And I think, Microsoft, they they need to learn to do a better job of crisis management in this particular area because they, they did not communicate well. Yeah,
2: but I'm, I was trying to remember the last time there was a major exchange exploit. Like, was this just an inexperienced team? Because Microsoft's also consistently showed, like, gold standard behavior, on the, at least on the Windows side and, and some of the network side. The yep. guys working in Azure, like are famously out front on all of this stuff. Like what went wrong with exchange? And I wonder if it's just like, we just haven't had that many bad breaches of exchange lately.
0: Or ever, or really ever, nothing like this. That's what, that's what I'm
2: really thinking. It's like, and also like the best exchange people in the company, they work on the uh, Office 365 product these days too. So it's like, who was paying, minding the shop for on-prem folks?
0: Well, that would be a very interesting question to ask uh, Microsoft. I think the people that are, are involved on the on-prem side, they've always seen, always to me, seem to be very committed people. Yeah. Uh, people who want to help. Uh, but it's amazing what, um, what pressure and stress do to people. True. And well, and the only also- thing here is
2: you need to have a plan. Like, figuring out what to do during a crisis is not what you should need to do during a crisis. This is what planning's for.
0: Yeah, but, you know, Microsoft has got tons of PR and marketing and, and communications professionals that are there to help the technologists. Yeah. And it, it, it seemed that I don't think the problem was on the technology side because the patches were there. The tools started to emerge. They started to publish stuff in GitHub, like scripts and things like that. And But nobody really seemed to step back. Maybe it's a management problem. Maybe it's just in, in the communication side. But nobody seemed to come back to step back and ask a very fundamental question, which is what impact will this have on customers? Right. And how can we help customers move forward from a point where we've just told them that every one of their exchange servers might be compromised to give them very clear direction about what to do next? Yeah. Now, if you take that 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 YouTube video that I mentioned earlier by John, John Hammond and say, mm-hmm. well... Microsoft, maybe I'm, maybe if you had put out a video to describe to people, you know, this is, this is the kind of vulnerability that you're under. This is how you fix it. This is the kind of, uh, these are the kind of signposts that you would look for, for compromise. This is what you do if you, if you find something. Four things. And you do that in a 10 minute video, given the way that people consume information today. Right. Something like that might have been helpful. Now, that's not a panacea. It's just one of the things that they could have done that they didn't do. And you get this fragmented story emerging, which gave the impression to some on-prem people is that the only thing Microsoft wanted to defend here is the reputation of exchange online. That's the only thing they wanted to defend.
2: Well, and they, but the only message there was it, it wasn't vulnerable. Like, I would hope they would not try and utilize an on premises exploit as a tool for selling more Office 365. That seems unwise.
0: It seems unwise. And I don't think they tried to do it, but I think they conveyed the idea.
2: It comes across that way. I mean, I I just quickly dug through and found, like, well, here's a CVE from 2020 that was a potential, you know, uh, uh, arbitrary code execution breach, and you should run this patch. But it was, a, I guess, you know, never came close to the kind of scope of this.
0: Those things have been coming out for years. Yeah. I mean, Windows finds them, they, and they affect Exchange. Why do they affect Exchanges? Because Exchange is a very highly permissioned
2: Yes. Which, uh, you know, there, there lies a whole other conversation, which maybe they, they just haven't done the work to reduce the permission level of Exchange on-prem.
0: Uh, they have over the years, but, it, I mean, when you think of these, these big Microsoft enterprise server products like Exchange and SharePoint, another great example. They literally become uh, an ecosystem into their own right. Right. So when they're the center of the universe, they're the center of the universe. They mm-hmm. draw everything into them. And that's the way it is with on-prem stuff. Yeah. It's, it's very different in the cloud. So we, I think your point is though, is, is correct. We haven't had this kind of massive earthquake of uh, of of exploits hitting exchange and seeing how they reacted yeah so anyway it is what it is and you know belly aching about it right now is probably not going to save a compromised server
2: no and and again it's like this is publishing at the beginning of april so it's been a full month since this exploit was announced out in the wild like if you have an unpatched exchange server it's very likely to have been exploited. And although, again, hopefully in the intervening two weeks between us recording this and this being published, there's been better guidance put out there. But the best instructions I've seen so far is if the machine's been exploited, you're probably going to need to wipe it. Without a doubt. Yeah, and that's, that's, uh, that's fairly uh, horrifying.
0: At this, at this Well, at this, <laughs> at this point in time, if I was dealing with potentially compromised servers I am not confident enough of my skills mm-hmm. in going through that server from soup to nuts to find every single thing that an attacker might have left behind.
2: Planted, yeah. Because so, there's just so many possibilities with arbitrary code execution.
0: Right. Uh, so I'm, the way I would think about it is I need to get this problem solved. So the first thing is get the server off the net. Yeah. And then how am I going to solve the problem? Well, the problem is reinstall. Reinstall and reconfigure doesn't take all that long. No, it's it's just a pain.
2: Yeah, you and you depending on the server, like you may need to get some things off of it. Yep. So I, I guess you get it off your primary network. Certainly get it off the internet. Get it off your primary network so it's not able to communicate with other machines. Yep. Then you're talking to it directly. Figuring out what do I need to salvage from here. This is just an edge server. It's not that big of a deal. But if it's got mailboxes on it, get the mailboxes out.
0: Hopefully, you're running DAGs, yeah. so you've got copies of the mailboxes Elsewhere. on other mailbox servers in the DAG. Yeah, be able to fail over to those. Uh, uh, you'll be able to activate copies on the other uh, other mailbox servers. The DAG is going to reduce uh, have reduced capacity while the the server I- I- is offline. Yeah, but it's no more so than when a server is taken offline to apply an update. Right. you know, it's very, you know, very it's much the same gonna thing. Be, it's going to be longer going be longer
2: but i'm also thinking right. in terms of these are the folks that are most vulnerable to this are not the most sophisticated exchange folks so they're definitely going to need to familiarize themselves with all of these different pieces and not all exchange servers in your set if you're you know running at scale like that are exposed to the internet and we haven't necessarily seen worm behavior that the the vulnerable huh. machine ha- is now propagating onto other machines but that doesn't mean it isn't happening either. Like, this is all part of what makes it so frightening.
0: Yeah, all bets are off. Um, I think you're right. I think, uh, I would, I'd be running the Microsoft security tools on, uh, on every exchange server in the organization yeah. to make sure that anything is that's there is picked up that can be picked up by those, um, by those, by the, those tools, but recognizing that not everything might necessarily be picked up. And the other thing to remember is that as Microsoft is finding new stuff, as yeah. it's acquiring knowledge, the tools are being updated.
2: Yeah. So it is important so, to stay impressed. Like definitely in the time that I was watching this, the tools improved repeatedly almost every day.
0: It did. Yeah. And if something major breaks, I mean, the security researchers are all over this now yeah, as well, which is, which is good. It, it, it's, it's kind of like. COVID pandemic when people started to get really fired up about firing a, a vaccine. Yeah. You've got lots of very smart people looking at this problem.
2: Working at the same time. I wonder if because I remember I, I remember this happening with other with zombie exploits primarily, where the mm. white hats eventually utilize the exploit to get machines off of the zombie networks. Like at what point do the does a white hat group literally use the exploit to patch the servers that still aren't patched?
0: Well, wow, that's, that's a great question.
2: Uh, it's because it's not that white. It's kind of gray once you're literally changing people's servers, arguably, you know, air quotes on people's behalf.
0: Yeah, and with the potential of breaking stuff.
2: Without a doubt, yeah. Uh,
0: that, that's that's the problem. I mean, the and, justification
2: and, on the zombie side was your machine was being used to hurt other people. We got you out of the process of hurting other people.
0: Yeah, and I, 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 I could... Fully appreciate that. And you can, you know, take that number that ZZNet had today. 82,000. They found, somebody's found 82,000 unprotected servers. What are those servers doing? Yeah. And who has these servers? I mean, my gosh. Yeah. You know, so if somebody was to, let's say in a week's time, there are still 45,000 of these. Uh you know, at that stage, I don't think I'd be feeling too bad if somebody came along and, and, and patched them just to make sure that they were a little less vulnerable. Yeah. But then you still got, you know, the degree of patchiness required to go and find all the bits that could have been scattered all over that server. Oh, boy.
2: Well, it doesn't mean they're mitigated, just that they're no longer exploitable, in theory, or at least there won't be new exploits based on that channel.
0: Yeah, that's exactly so. And that point is made by... The Microsoft Security uh, Response Team. Yeah, they they be very 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 careful to emphasize that running remediation tools does not mean that a server is safe.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, it'll pick up some stuff. It'll patch stuff, but any bad material that's left behind might be just hiding there in this little hole, yeah. waiting to emerge one day. And that's that's a scary thing. That is a scary thing.
2: That's the nature of arbitrary code execution. You really, you don't, there there. is evidence already of how clever some of these uh, a, attacks are, that they will lay dormant code down and go get it later, yep. you know, when the storm dies. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tony, you're pi- a big pile of sunshine and light as usual. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. But I appreciate your insights too, and I've grabbed the link to John Hammond's video and as well as the yep. the various security reports and, and uh, apps, so... Uh, here's hope, and folks that are listening are making sure their exchange servers are patched up. And if they're not, they're starting to deal with these remediation problems. And uh, the fallout, I think is going to take a while. It's, this is, I didn't think anything yeah, was going I to overwhelm it, solar winds, but I think this one pulled it <laughs> off.
0: <laughs> they certainly did. Yeah. It'll be interesting to come back to this in three or six months. and yeah. Just ask, where are we at? Yeah. How, uh, how are this we is a wake. Now? This is a wake up call. Yeah. I do think that, um I've written about this, too. I said that this is a real impetus for a lot of people to start thinking, should I be running exchange on-prem? Yeah. Because in my book, if you're a small to medium company, and that definition varies from country to country, mm-hmm. but if you're a small to medium company or organization, you know, your natural home right now is to use the commodity services of email in the cloud. Yes. Really. Don't run exchange server on-prem.
2: Yeah, it's kind of an arcane concept now. You know, It's there's there's lots of reasons not to and very few reasons to.
0: Well, I have 20 years of happily running exchange server on-prem and um, I don't want to go back there.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm enjoying, I've been enjoying being uh, up in the cloud myself. Yeah. Tony, thank you so much for coming back on the show.
0: All right, Richard. Thank you so much for talking to me. And we'll talk to you
2: next time on Run As Radio.